We started going to church when I was a teenager. Uh, at that time, I became saved, which was an amazing feeling, but I lived like the world. I didn't change any way I was living. I just did whatever felt good to me. I was a very promiscuous teenager because I thought that's how you gave and received love. Fast forward a few years to 2017. I had the biggest loss of my entire life, my mom. I went through this alone. I didn't really have God. Again, I knew of him, but we didn't have that relationship. But when she was being resuscitated, I knew that he was who I was supposed to go to. So I prayed, I wept, I begged him to not take her and that I would literally do anything he asked me to do if he just, if he just saved her and he didn't. So I had a very different thought on God at that point. I wasn't his biggest fan because I thought he ignored my pain and my plea. So I just continued living as I was living, but with grief, huge grief that caused me major panic attacks, depression, anxiety, um, even to the point where I was hospitalized. Then um, we continued, you know, living our lives as normal. And then my husband and I, in July of 2021, found out we were unexpectedly expecting, and we were thrilled, over the moon, excited for about a month. And then we found out we were having a miscarriage. Again, there was that grief and I didn't wanna get stuck in it like I did last time. So I wanted a quick fix. I even tried things like drugs, like marijuana, to try to help ease my pain, which worked temporarily, but it was not a forever healing. So then in January of 2022, we found out we were expecting again. We got our rainbow. Again, over the moon excited, a little fearful, but we trusted that everything was gonna be okay. In March, we found out we were having another miscarriage. We were devastated to say the very least. And I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do with this grief. How was I gonna move on? How was I gonna be okay? Then my husband recommended we go to church. And I said, yes. I don't know why I said yes. I think I just didn't know what else to do. So that very Sunday, we went to church for the first time and I sat in pew age 12. I was still carrying our mason in my stomach with no heartbeat. And I sat there and I cried. I cried in that pew for four weeks. And then on April 10th, Nicole was preaching on the good news as we were coming up on Easter. And I felt God speak to me and tell me, let me heal you. I will take this pain from you. Just let me in. And at first I fought. I fought him and I'm like, no, you hurt me. You let this hurt happen to me. I don't trust you. I can heal this pain, it's my own. But then by the end of the service, I let him in. I let go, I raised my hands, I let him in. And I tell you what, I felt healed instantly. I felt at peace, the most peace I've ever felt in my entire life. He did just as he promised he was going to do. He truly healed me. Soon, soon after that, I walked up to the front. I didn't, Nicole did an altar call. I walked up to the front and I gave my life to Christ. Soon after, my husband followed just a few weeks later and he rededicated his life to Christ as well. And during this time, our children, our seven-year-old boys were watching us and seeing all the changes that were happening in our lives, coming to church, and they decided at seven years old to give their life to Christ. Soon after that, we were all baptized. And I guess what I really wanna say about this is Jesus will meet you where you're at. He will find you. He will meet you in the depths of your despair. He will leave the 99 for you. He will do just as he promises. I'm forever, forever grateful for sitting in QH 12 that day. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Isn't that an awesome testimony? Amen and amen. It's, that's just beautiful. 
And that's what we're talking about today. We're talking about healing today. Because God wants to heal us. He wants to set us free. And that healing anointing is here. It's in this place. It's in this house. And it's for you. And it's for me. Amen? Amen. You know, in that video, one thing that it, that it always gets me is that uh, we're always following our wives. Isn't that crazy? She ain't first, and then soon we follow behind. Yes, dear. <laughs> it's okay. However we get there is how we get there. Amen? Amen. That's true. You know, before we, um, before we start today, uh, Eric is going to be um, heading out with the team to Africa. So they leave for Nairobi um, this afternoon. Pastor Rick, I talked to him this morning already. So he's getting ready. And um, I stayed behind. Of course, Pastor Dostick stayed behind. And Andrew stayed behind. Um, just to, you know, just to facilitate here, to be here, um, and to be with you guys. Uh, but uh, we want to pray. We want to pray for the team. Um, they're going to stay in Nairobi this time in Kenya uh, and preach there and have crusades for 10 days. So, and then my interpreter, Harry Ronda, I've been in contact with him several times. He was really, he was really unhappy that I wasn't able to come. Pastor Randy, man, I need you, brother. I said, you got this, Harry. You got this. <laughs> it's going to be good. But we sent some suitcases over uh, with some toys and the things and the messages that he's going to be doing in the kids' crusades. So let's just pray right now for that team, all right? Father, we just thank you for our team. God, I come here, Father, with the family of faith. And God, we unite our prayers in a corporate prayer, just covering our team, Father, with the blood of Christ right now. Lord God, I thank you for covering them as they fly individually, God, from all across the country to Nairobi, meeting up, Lord God, tomorrow evening. Lord, I just thank you that you go ahead of them right now. Angels have already paved the way, Father, there. They've paved the way, Lord God, in that church, all the pastors, the months of preparation, Lord God, to bring the pastors together, Lord God, in one and in unity and flyering the city with thousands and hundreds of thousands of, of papers, letting them know that we're coming. The Lord is there. God, I thank you for preparing already all the hearts from all around Nairobi, Kenya, Lord God, to come to that dirt field. And Lord God, that you have prepared that field for miracles, for signs, for wonders, for healings, Lord God, not just in the body, but God, in the minds, Lord God, physically, emotionally, Lord God, I thank you, Father, for doubters to show up, Father, witches to show up, Lord God, and they'll be saved, healed, sanctified, delivered, Lord God. I thank you for that today, Holy Ghost. God, we thank you for that anointing, Lord God, that will just be through that city, Lord God, and out into the country. Lord God, your word will spread like fire. And God, people even from the outskirts of Nairobi will be saved, Lord God, and will be healed, God, as they send the word. God, it will heal them, Father. I thank you for it, Lord God. I give you praise for it, Lord God, anointing their lips. God, for all the pastors in the meetings, Lord God, as they teach the pastors truth, as they teach them, Lord God, what to say in the Bible, God, I thank you that those pastors' wisdom and knowledge will grow just quickly, Lord God, and, and speedily, Lord God, will grow in their minds and in their hearts, Lord God, for these last days. We don't have much time. Thank you for boldness, for faith to arise in these pastors and great things to be done for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah and amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. All right. Well, if you have your Bibles today, turn to Luke. Or if you have your wonderful cell phones or whatever you're looking at, turn to the book of Luke, and we're going to start in the 13th chapter, and again, we are focusing on healing today, healing in Jesus' name. Praise God, praise God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Speaking of healing, <laughs> one of the other reasons why Andrew and I are back here is to keep Pastor from doing things he ain't supposed to be doing. We get a call... I'm, yeah, we get a call, and it was it in the evening? In the evening, we're going to the emergency room. Why? What now? What? He went fishing and got a hook stuck in his hand. A rusty one. So he had to go to the emergency room, and they had to take the hook out and then give him a shot. 
pastor, pastor, pastor. So we're going to try to keep him hunkered down. That's one of the reasons why <laughs> stick around. Hallelujah. Praise God. But all right, in the Luke, the, the 13th chapter, verse 10, when we see Jesus here in this scripture, we find him where you and I are today, in church. That's where he was, in church. And he was teaching at one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. And he laid hands on her, and in 15 minutes she was made straight. In an hour she was made straight. On her way home, she was made. Oh, immediately, the Bible said that she was made straight. 18 years. I can't imagine what that lady must have been going through, and neither can you. But in verse 14, it says here, But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation. In other words, he was angry and upset that Jesus had healed somebody on the Sabbath day. Are you kidding me right now? They were angry, upset. And Jesus looked at them and said, well, let me tell you something, you hypocrite. <laughs> and he called them a hypocrite because they do things on the Sabbath that they ain't supposed to do either. Like go get your donkey, lead it to water. You ain't supposed to be doing that. So you're a hypocrite. So don't talk to me about what I'm supposed to do and what I ain't supposed to do. <clears throat> I, think, I think healing somebody is a lot more important than taking a donkey for some water. Right? Especially with a person 18 years. That's incredible. So in verse 16, So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, and Jesus stopped there and said, Listen, you hypocrites, think about it. 18 years. Doesn't she deserve to be healed? She's the daughter of Abraham. Nicole, for the rest of this service, I want you to stand up and just be bent over. Just, just stand up. Just see what you, see what you think about it. Just for, for 30 minutes. You know, she don't even want to do that for 30 minutes, let alone 18 years. I, I can't get it through my head that these religious people didn't thank God, wasn't happy, wasn't surprised, Listen, she can get healed six days of the week. This is ridiculous. I mean, wasn't joyful. A woman, 18 years. Where was their compassion? And Jesus said, think about it, you guys. 18 years. Don't you think she deserved that healing? Then, of course, it shut them up. They didn't say anything else. What could they say, right? Absolutely. So, I want you to notice something here. Jesus called her a daughter of of Abraham, a daughter of Abraham. She was Jewish and under the uh, Abrahamic covenant, so healing belonged to her. So when we read this scripture verse and we see what Jesus did, we see here that healing belongs to the Jews. They belong to the Jews. When they came out of uh, Rome and, and uh, they was over the sea and they were in the wilderness for all those years, how many of them were sick? How many? But there were over two million of them. And none were sick? Wow. Uh, how many pairs of clothes did they have to buy? Oh, how, many, how many shoes wore out? None. Forty years, the same pair of shoes, them women had to be going crazy. Oh, I love it, but please, Lord, give me a pair of suede instead. You know, the same shoes, but it never, they never wore out. They never got sick. They were under the Abrahamic covenant, and healing was theirs. So Jesus healed that woman. Amen? So healing is for the Jews. And then later, Jesus was somewhere around Sidon, or I don't know how you say that word, and in Matthew 15, 22, and behold, a woman of Canaan came from the region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. But he answered her not a word. 
man, I at least looked at her. What? He didn't do nothing. I don't know what he was doing. So, of course, then it says here that the disciples came and urged him, saying, send her away for she cries out after us. She is an annoying woman. But Jesus then answered her and he said, I was not sent except to the sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. She didn't take no for an answer. She knew she wasn't a Jew. She's trying to talk like one. Oh, son of David, have mercy on me. Uh, of course, Jesus wasn't fooled. That's why he ignored her. And then, of course, she kept crying. She kept whining. The disciples are getting upset. And he says, yo, woman, I'm sorry, but I'm only here for Israel, my people only. And so she didn't turn away. She ran toward him more and went to his feet and started worshiping him. Please help me, she said. And he said to her, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to little dogs. So she, she said, even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Wow. Wow. So first he ignores her. Then he said, I'm not for you. You're out of the covenant. You're not part of the Jewish covenant. She still comes. And then he says, listen, it's not good to give the children's bread to little dogs. And she still doesn't get mad. She still doesn't get offended. She commented, but God, listen, even little dogs eat the scraps from the master's table. In other words, I know I'm not Jewish. I know I'm not your people. But listen, if you'll just throw something at me, I'll take it. Because I know who you are and I know what you can do. And the Bible says that Jesus answered and said, Great is your faith. In their language, that word actually means mega. Mega is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. So this woman was not a Jew. She was a Gentile like you and me. And what happened? Huh. She got say, or she got healing for her daughter. And what's interesting is what Jesus said in verse 26. Children's bread. I never knew this before. I was like, children's bread? What does that have to do with healing? What does that have to do with anything? I don't get it. You know, I thought, well, maybe all my life growing up, I thought, oh, it just must be, you know, I don't know, bread, whatever. I didn't know. I didn't understand. You kind of, there's some scripture verses you just kind of read over and you just let it go. But man, Jesus said it had to mean something. He just didn't say it to say it. So this was pretty interesting what I found out here. What he said right there was that healing the bread, all right, meant, is meant for his children, Israel. He called healing bread. Wow. And so then I got to thinking a little bit more. When we take communion, what does the bread represent? His broken body, healing. So he told that lady, listen, man. The bread, my healing, is only meant for my people, not for you. My children, Israel. That's what he told her right there. And it still didn't faze her a bit. She said, I don't care. I'm not taking no for an answer. Yeah, his body, that was broken for our healing. That's what it meant there. So healing is also for the Gentiles. If you're a Gentile, raise your hand. Yeah, everybody should raise their hand unless they're a Jew. All right, you're a Gentile. So healing is for the Jews, and healing is for the Gentiles. It's for all of us, in other words, guys. It's for all of us. In Romans 1.16, it says, For I am not ashamed, the Jew first, then the Greek. So although she wasn't a Jew, <laughs> her faith qualified her for the miracle. Great is thy faith. Mega is thy faith. That qualified her for that miracle. She had great faith, which is beautiful. Praise the Lord. So healing is for everyone. Galatians 3.29 says, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So how many of you here are Christ's? Oh, let's see your hand if you're Christ's. 
which means you've given your life to him. You've asked Jesus to forgive you of your sins. You're now born again. You're a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And now, hallelujah, I'm Christ's. So therefore, everything he said belongs to me. I'm an heir of him. So healing belongs to us. There's no wall. There's no anything. We're his. So if you're Christ's, then healing belongs to you. Praise the Lord. And me. Hallelujah. Amen. 3 John 2 says this. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Above all, above everything, I pray that you may prosper in how many things? In all things and be in health even as your soul prospers. So, David, what's an all thing to you? Everything. Every. You want to be prosperous even when you're riding your Harley down the street. Okay. All right. All right. Nicole, what's, what's everything to you? Ain't no more? All right. Ain't no more? It's fine. Ashley, what about you? What do you want to prosper in? Everything she does. Right. I want to prosper in, obviously, my health. Uh, I want to prosper in my association with people that I come across. I want to be a good witness to them. I want to prosper in my job. Now, I want to prosper in my parenting. Hallelujah. Who wants to prosper in your parenting? Yes. Amen. Everything. I want to prosper in, in wholeness in my family. You know? Be who I need to be. I want to prosper in that, anything. I want to prosper in soundness of mind. Woo! Hallelujah. And in blessings. I want to prosper in righteousness. Big time. I want to prosper in everything. And he says, I pray that you may prosper in everything, all things, and be in health. So whatever all thing means to you, he wants you to prosper in it because you're his. You're Christ's. And everything he has belongs to you and I. Whoa, that's awesome. Amen. Now, speaking of righteousness, sin and sickness are both part of this fallen world, yes? Absolutely. Now, did not Jesus make provision for both sickness and sin? Half of you believe that? Did he not make provision for both right there? He did. Yes, he did. Sin and sickness. But here's what I think. I don't think we have near the belief problem when it comes to the righteousness part of our redemption as we do the healing part of our redemption. I don't know why that is. Because some of you were the scum of the earth. David Hewitt. In jail, breaking in churches, Nasty, divorcing your wife because she was so good and you were so bad. Just scumball. But you know what? When he heard about Christ, bam, I want that. Hello? Oh, I'm covered by the blood. He'll forgive me for everything I've ever done and he'll forget about it. Woo! I'm in. I'm in. And now he looks at himself. He walks a different way. He looks a different way. Stands a different way. Talks a different way. He has no condemnation. When it tries to come, he puts it under his feet, like the Bible says. He has no problem with the blood part of redemption. As bad as he was. But when it comes to healing, what's the difference? What's the difference? There's no difference. What he did for you at the cross is what he does for you when sickness tries to come. It's the same thing. We do the same thing. We pray, we believe, we use our faith, and we walk. That's it. When somebody tells us, yeah, I knew him, man. You know that dude. You used to do this. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. I know what God doesn't know, and I don't know. I'm going to continue to walk in my redemption. So, well, man, you're not feeling good today. 
you know what? Yeah, something did come on me. I'm not going to deny that something has happened to me. We don't deny that a sickness tries to come upon us. We deny its place in us and that it has the right to stay there. That's what we deny, all right? You know, because it happens in our mind when it comes to uh, our righteousness as well. You know, something comes up. Well, you remember you did that. Uh, uh, No, 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 no. Well, you know, you're always going to be sick. What? No, no, no. No, no, no. You use the same way when it comes to healing as you do salvation. In Deuteronomy, the 28th chapter, verse 45, God calls sickness curses. In Luke 13, 16, that we just read, God called sickness a bondage. And then in Acts 10, 38, God calls sickness oppression. Oppression. God never created sickness. He never created sickness. I looked, and you know what? If you want to stay till, I don't know, 2, 3, we'll go to Genesis 1, 1. And we'll start in the beginning, God created, and we'll go to two, three, four, five, six, and even seven, and he rested on that day. And we'll see in there if sickness was ever created in any of those days of creation. Or I can just tell you that it wasn't. Which one do you want to do? You want to believe what I say? That's what I thought. I know. You guys, jeez. It's not there. No, it's part of Satan's dominion on this fallen earth. And it came through, unfortunately, disobedience. That's how sickness got here, is through disobedience. Now, I would argue, though, that healing is greater than sickness. Who agrees? Absolutely. I went to the hospital. I don't know. Ed sent me to the hospital to see somebody uh, a lot too long ago. He gave me a list, actually. <laughs> yes, I'll go. I'm in Lima. I'll go. I'll go to St. Reed. I'll check these people out. Woo! So I went and uh, I go into this one room. I go in, and again I'm I'm a little hyper, as you know. You know, I walk in. Hello, <laughs> you know, it's a hospital. Randy, calm down. It's a hospital. I talk to myself. I walk in. I walk in really slow, and it's quiet, and the lights are dim, and I see a lady here, and I see the lady in the bed, and I go in there, and I said, "Hi, how are you guys doing?" And the the lady looked at me and said, "Oh, could you please go out and get a mask on, please, please?" And I said, "Absolutely, I'll be right back." out there, put the mask on, we become all things to all people. Okay? Paul did in order to win souls. So I went back in there and I went up to the bed and I said, hey, I said, I'm so good. She said, oh, Pastor Randy, it's good, so good to see you. And I went to give her a hug. She said, oh, no, 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 don't hug me. I have COVID and I don't want you to get it. I smiled at her, you know, and of course I want to rise up and go, let me tell you something, woman, but I, I I said, oh, you know what? I'm not worried about that. I said, hey, I won't get it. I said, give me a hug. I gave her a big old hug. You know, she hugged me really tight. But you know, what I wanted to say is, you know what? I inherited healing, you know? And so if I hug you with what I inherited, maybe you'll catch that. <laughs> you know, that's what I wanted to say. You know, but I thought it might sound a little overbearing or, you know, maybe conceited or high and mighty, but it's not. It's who I am. I know what I believe and I know what I have. Yes, right? Come on, folks. So I want to tell her, let me hug you, baby. You know, because you know what? The healing will come on you, right? Praise God. Hallelujah. You know, so healing is greater than sickness. Oh my gosh. Hallelujah. Now, as Pastor Nicole said the other week, we don't have answers to a lot of whys in this world. For instance, I don't know why anybody would sign a paper seven times that say that you could die and then still get in a little minivan size crate or tube and want to go 13,000 feet under the water to see something that you could just sit at home and turn the TV on and, and be with your family and watch it and still be alive today. Wow, I don't understand that. I, I, just, I just don't. Just like I don't understand some whys when it comes to healing. There are lots of questions out there. They're always floating in your mind. 
I don't understand some of these whys. But we are going to dig into some of these whys. So, and, and I'm going to put it on Pastor Nicole, too. She's going to have some whys that she's going to try to explain as well. Look at her. Oh, I hope so. <laughs> it's going to be good. So, but we won't have the answer to everything. All right? And that's going to be okay. Because we're going to focus on what we do know. Okay? All right? Amen. A- absolutely. So anyhow, 3 John 4 says this. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. They walk in truth. So I want to touch on, just for a few minutes, on the things, all that might be not true concerning healing. Um, and there's a lot of them. I didn't, I didn't have time. I could have, we could be here all day. But hopefully there's different weeks and we'll, we'll work on some of these things. But the first thing that I want to look at here that, again, is not true concerning healing or could even be a hindrance to your healing and what, be, and what we believe is healing died and passed away with the apostles. And listen, that statement is, is out there. Uh, and it's not that it's, it's common. Now, I don't know. There's a lot of people maybe with, with no common sense. I don't know. But you don't have to look very far in here to really see that that's not true. I, Matthew, I mean, just go to Matthew. You don't even have to go anywhere else. How could you say stuff like that and, and read this? Are you that blind to the scriptures? Because it's so evident that that is absolutely not true. Absolutely not true. How do you explain the millions of people getting healed every single day? You know, how are you going to explain when we come back from, from Africa and you see these videos that you always see of hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people getting healed, set free, and delivered? How are you going to explain that away? Uh, yeah, it's even one of God's names is Jehovah Rapha, the healer. And if Jehovah gave his name Rapha to himself and he changes not, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever, then apparently healing is still here, and it's still happening. You know, so I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where people come up with that stuff. It's not in the Bible anywhere. So why would you even make a statement like that, let alone believe it? This is religion talking, and religion is dead. Religion is dead. The Pharisees and the Sadducees were the religious people. And we just read that the rule of the church replied in Jesus with indignation. You know? Because of this woman that has been over 18 years. Man, that's religion. It's crazy. Why did you do it on this day? That's religion. It's wrong. It's messed up. Hallelujah. Acts 10.38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, with the Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him until Peter died last. No, not at all. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say it at all. No, he anointed Jesus of Nazareth, and he went around healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. All who were oppressed of the devil. Not some, but all. God will is for all to be healed. For all to be healed. Seven times, 17 times though, Jesus healed all the people who were around him. 17 different times. If you read this, you'll find that out. 17 different times Jesus healed everybody who was around him. Wow. So if he was in this tabernacle, in this church, and you needed something, guess what? You'd have been healed. Well, let me tell you something. He is here. He is standing here with you and I. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. The anointing is still here, and he will heal all our sicknesses and all our diseases in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. 17 times he healed them all. This is, and this is just what's recorded, guys. Remember, it said that there were so many things that he did that the Bible can't even hold it, and neither could any book. 
So what did he do that's not recorded? Woohoo! Lots of stuff. Lots of good stuff. Hallelujah. That's right. So I can't imagine how many things he did. See, that's Jesus. It was Jesus's pattern. If you research the scriptures, you will also find that Jesus healed one or two people 47, 47 different times throughout his three and a half year ministry. 47 different times throughout his three and a half years of ministry, he healed one or two people. That's pretty good, I think. That's great. And again, that's just what was recorded. We really don't know how many people he healed, set free, and delivered. It is God's will for everyone to be healed. And we, as a congregation, as a church, we also need to believe God for healing for everyone that asks as well. You know, it's, it's just, guys, we're in a fight, right? We're the body. We're all here as a family together. And when one hurts, we all should hurt. When one needs something, we all should be right there for them. Somebody comes down here, man, we ought to be on them like white on rice. Bam, let's pray. Hallelujah. Get you delivered, set free. That's what we should be as a family. Come on, somebody. All right, praise the Lord. And this is really good too. And never, somebody say never. Never one time did Jesus turn down anybody that went to him and asked him for prayer. Not one time. Not one. That's pretty good. That's excellent. Matthew 9.35 says this, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the white people. That's not what that says? Oh, I'm sorry, only the Jews. Yes, that's what it says. No? Man, I'll tell you, this Bible of mine, it's either my eyes or what version is it? Oh, let's see. Okay, and healing all the Mexicans only. Yes, that's, that's what it says. No, it don't say that either. What does this say? Oh, let's see. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the, among the people. Oh, among the people. You got a pen, honey? I got to mark that white thing out there on this. Or white privilege stuff got to get marked out on that Bible right there, you know. Everybody. Didn't matter who you were. He healed every disease and every sickness among everybody. Didn't matter if you were rich, poor. He didn't look at that. He had compassion on people. We should have compassion on people. People is his business, and people should be our business. Mm. All right. Praise the Lord. I'm glad that somebody is happy in the house today. <laughs> Oh, praise God. All right. He didn't care who you were. He healed everyone. Jesus' pattern was simple. Jesus went about teaching, which means he went about explaining things. That's what we're doing today. Jesus went about preaching, which means he was proclaiming who he was, what he was about, what he's here to do for you. And Jesus went about healing which means setting people free of every type of infirmity. That's what he did. Those, that was his pattern. All through his three and a half years of this, he went up teaching and preaching and healing, explaining, proclaiming, and setting people free. That's what he did. That's all he did. And that's what we do when we're overseas or whatever we're doing. That's what we're doing. We're following his pattern because his pattern works. Now let's look at a time when it didn't work. <gasps> you mean it didn't work at times? I wish I had Elmo voice. That would be beautiful. No, yeah, there's times when it didn't work. Oh, okay. Let's go to Mark, the sixth chapter, verse one and two. Mark, the sixth chapter, verse one and two. How am I doing on time, Nicole? Are we doing okay? I got, I got 80 minutes left? Praise God. Okay. All right, Mark 6, 2, it says, Jesus went back to his hometown and went to his church there, and he started teaching. All right, you can find it up there. But Mark really doesn't tell us any details of what he was teaching about. Didn't say any details at all. But Luke gives us the details. Thank God for the Lukes in the house. In Luke 4, 16 through 30, 
And I'm going to find that here. Let's see, 16. There we go. And I'm, I'm going to read it up here if you got that up here. It says, So he came to Nazareth where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue or he went to the church like you and I on a Sunday and he stood up to read. And he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book, he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him, like your eyes are fixed on me right now. And he began to say to them, today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Ta-da! Here I am, baby! Why would he choose to do that in his own town? Hmm. So all bore witness to him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Oh, they, wow, that's really nice. Man, those are great words. They didn't understand what he said. And then they said, oh, but wait a minute. Is that not Peter Dosek's son-in-law who's been a painter his whole life, who always comes in looking raggedy and in painting clothes? Huh? Is this not Joseph's son? Keep going. He said to them, you will surely say this proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. Whatever we have heard done in Capernaum, do also here in your country. Then he said, assuredly, I say to you, no prophet is acceptable in his own country. But I tell you truly, many widows were in Israel in the day of Elijah when the heaven was shut up three years and six months and there was a great famine throughout the land. But to none of them was Elijah sent except to Zepharathath in the region of Sidon to a woman who was a widow. So in other words, wow, there's a lot of things that happened, but he wasn't accepted in his town. And then and many lepers were in Israel in the time of Elisha the prophet, and none of them was cleansed except Naaman and the Syrian, one person. So in that town, nobody accepted them either except for one person. So all those in the synagogue, they weren't happy anymore. No. When they heard these things, they were filled with wrath and rose up and thrust him out of the city and they led him to, to the brow of the city and where they were going to try to throw him down off a cliff. What a home welcome that was. My God, all because he rebuked them. How many of us get offended because we get rebuked? They should have learned something there, but they didn't. And so he said, I knew you were going to do this to me because it happened back then too. Nobody got healed then either. Hmm, <laughs> wow. Jesus, man, that dude can start something if he wants to. Can he? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Jeez. So what happened was this. Nothing happened in his town. Notice the scripture in Mark 6, 5. Didn't say that Jesus wouldn't do no mighty work. It says he couldn't do no mighty work. Oh, but Pastor Randy, you just read a few scriptures back that God anointed him and was with him. And he was full of faith and power. Yes, he was. But the reason he couldn't do anything was because of their unbelief that stopped him. So sometimes your faith might be there. You walk up because you need healing, but some, for some reason, unbelief may not, or belief may not be there. And in this case, they knew what he did. Won't you do what you did there here, bro? Isn't this Carpenter's son? Mm-hmm, yeah, it's crazy. And so he offended them, and they got mad. He couldn't do anything there because of their unbelief. So unbelief hinders our healing, guys. It hinders us. It does. Okay, remember, it wasn't that he couldn't, it was that, or it wouldn't, but he couldn't. So there's where it didn't work. That's a place where it did not work. 
When we look at the woman with the issue of blood, the scripture verse that I want to focus on is Luke 8, 45, where Jesus said, who touched me? Now, how many of you in here have a need? You, you, you're, there's something wrong in your body, and you have a need, and you need healing somewhere. Raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Be honest. Amen. Okay. Okay. Very good. Very good. Well, when I look at that scripture verse right there, I see that they, he said, who touched me? And when you're in a crowd, any type of a crowd, let's just say they said the multitudes were thronging him and pressing up against him. How many of those people needed something? How many of those people needed healing somewhere in their body? I would say a few. I would say out of all this crowd, I would say that maybe 25% of you need something, need God to heal something in your body. Now, you ought to be careful, though, in this house, because if you want to keep that infirmity or that sickness, uh, you better leave because there's miracle signs and wonders happens in this joint. So, you know, if you, if you want to keep it, you might want to walk out before we start praying for people because it's going to go in Jesus' name. So, back to the, back to the message. Sorry, Randy. Quiet down. Okay. Out of all those people that were thronging him and pressing up against him, one got our miracle. One got our miracle. So they all needed something. So maybe they were, let's just say there were 30 people that were thronging him, which there were many more. Let's say 10 needed something. One got it. Why? That's one of those whys. One of those whys. He turned her, your faith has made you whole. Mm. Something to think about. That's all. Something to think about. Now, how many, okay, let's see here. Let's go on. I got I to gotta move on, move on, move on. Listen, signs and wonders are God's advertisements to the world, letting them know that he is the one true living God. I'm telling you, that's it. So <laughs> imagine how it must have looked as Peter said, Master, the multitudes are thronging you. Bro, what's going on? I don't understand. They were getting frustrated. But that's our God. And she had the faith and got set free. So, Religion can hinder healing, and we find the next hindrance in Mark, the seventh chapter, verse 13, and that's making the word of God of no effect through our traditions, which you have handed down, and many such things that you do. Yikes. You not only have them yourself, but now you're giving them to your kids? That's not good. And it just comes down to this, you guys. Are you going to believe what God says or what man says? Do I have time for this? Okay. A couple years ago, I got in a Facebook fight. Didn't mean to. I didn't mean to. <laughs> You're laughing. I didn't, I didn't mean to. I didn't start it. All right? But when it comes to theology, I will defend. If it comes to how many heavens are there, one, two, or three, is it the rapture, is it this, or is it coming? I don't care. I don't care. I ain't going to be here. I don't care. But when it comes to theology, I will fight. And I will talk. Well, these guys came on here because I had like said something about a testimony or something somebody got healed or something like that and like that doesn't happen that didn't happen healing is not for today and I said what and against my wife's dot not 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 I pushed the dun da and pushed the send button it started a war between me and about five other guys online now listen these I know these guys Right? They're nice guys. I mean, I'd, I'd take them out to dinner, and, and, and man, we'd laugh, and we'd have fun together. But their theology is wrong. That's all I can say. So I foolishly accepted. And I get the point is this, and this is what I make is, why does somebody try to tell you that something isn't true when you see it happening everywhere. And, and they see your life is different than their life. And you throw out testimonies over and over again. And they see this in you, and yet they still feel that they should tell you that you're wrong and that's not true when there's evidence there to prove it. That boggles my mind. So it got so out of control, I had to shut it down. 
But before I did, and I shouldn't have done this either, I said, listen, guys, you want to believe what you believe, you believe it. If you want to stay broke, then stay broke. If you want to stay sick, then by God, stay sick. And I said, and if you don't want power and you think tongues is not for today, I said, then stay powerless. And I said, goodbye. I had to go back and apologize to one of those guys. <laughs> Sorry I said it the way I said it. You know, I love you, man. He said, I love you too. You know, but it boggles my mind that tradition and religion stops everything in your life if you believe it. You know, if, if you believe what these guys said, then you can have what they said. But don't try to come against me and tell me something when I see it and know it. And I even have a daughter here to prove it that wasn't supposed to be here. It's no different than the world trying to put their stuff on our kids. Leave our kids alone. You know, <laughs> we don't need no doctrine of yours. Shh. Hey, world, leave our kids alone. You know, come on. You know, amen. I was free. Praise God. <laughs> don't try to put your stuff on me. If you want to do it, do it. Be you. And then don't get mad at me because things are happening because I'm believing what the word says. Okay. Oh, Lord. Jesus, I'm going to be in trouble. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Proverbs 18.21 says that. And here's the thing. Laws will work whether you know them or don't. Whether you know them or don't. Faith comes by hearing God's word. And you know, it didn't say whose mouth you should hear it from. And I told Nicole this yesterday. I said, so let it come from your own mouth. Tell your own body. Tell your own mind. Tell your own flesh. Scripture. Read it out loud to yourself. Listen, if you can't believe your own mouth, then whose mouth are you going to believe? <laughs> right? Say it over yourself. Over and over and over. It doesn't matter how many times. Because faith comes by hearing. And boom, it will happen. It will happen. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promises as some count slackless. God is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. So just because it's his will for us to be saved, just because it's his will for us to be healed, doesn't mean that it always happens. Doesn't mean that it always happens. And but Paul said it best in 1 Corinthians 9, 22, when he said, I become all things to all people so some would be saved. So right there, not all is going to go to heaven. That's why hell is expanded every day. God didn't expect for us to want to go there. But it's free will and it's choice. He wants all to be saved. He wants all to be healed and set free. That's his will for our lives. And it takes our part now to step into that and accept freely those gifts and inheritance that he has given us. And that's it. Stand up, everybody. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Praise you, praise you, praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hebrews 4.2 said that they didn't profit because they didn't mix faith with what they heard. Today, mix faith with what you've heard in this word, and it will happen. It will happen. Healing is here. I believe faith is present for your miracle here today. So wherever you're sick in your body, I don't care what it is, those that have raised your hands, I want you to right now touch whatever is hurting, touch the pain, if it's your mind, uh, if it's your back, whatever it is, I don't care what it is. I want you just to touch that back. And if people are around you that can lay hands on you as well, the Bible said they laid hands on them and they were healed. And we're going to pray. And I believe, listen, I don't believe that Africa is the only place that healing takes place. No, right here, right now. God is here right now. 
ready to heal, ready to set free, ready to deliver. And your testimony is a prayer away right now. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before you, Father, and God, you see every person in this house. God, we have just preached faith. We have just preached healing. And God, I thank you, Father, that faith, Father, comes by hearing the word, and we have heard the word, and we are standing on the word, and we are proclaiming healing in our bodies, in our ears, in our heads, Father, in our eyes, in our backs. Lord God, lumps, Father, in our heads, Father, on our arms or hands or legs. God, knees that are hurting right now. Infirmities, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, I curse them all right now and I command them to leave their bodies in the name of Jesus. Right now, all infirmities go in Jesus' name. I thank you, Father, for healing, Lord God, throughout this house. Healing, Lord God, in their bodies. In the name of Jesus, God. Hallelujah. We believe in Jesus' name. Our faith is there in Jesus' name. God, and I thank you for that healing taking place, Lord God, all throughout their bodies. Right now in this house, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for moving in this place, God. Thank you for healing, Lord God. Hallelujah. 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 God, I thank you for the numbness, Lord God, in those feet to be gone right now in Jesus' name, in those legs, gone in Jesus' name. I thank you for that, Holy Ghost. I thank you for that, Father. Thank you, Jesus, all throughout this house, Lord God. I thank you for ministering to people, ministering to people. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Father. Oh, we give you praise for it, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Just worship him for a second. Thank him for a second. Thank him, Father, hallelujah, that it's done in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We are not moved by what we see, feel, think. We are moved by his word and what he said in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Tell your mind to shut up and get out of the way. I thank you for it, Holy Ghost. I thank you, Father, for renewed minds in this house as well today, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I thank you for salvations in this house as well today, Lord God. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for that healing. We thank you for that lump being gone in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I thank you, Father, for that ringing in those ears to dissipate and go in the name of Jesus. All deaf spirits, go. All blind spirits, go in the name of Jesus. Be gone. Loose them and let them free in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I thank you that backs are straightening up in the name of Jesus. Pain and ankles and knees are straightening up. God, I thank you for sound minds coming back into the mind in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I plead the blood over their lives, over their bodies. Today, in Jesus' name. God, I thank you. Thank you for that faith that is rising up in this house and healing to take place in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, such a sweet spirit in this house. Mm. Mm. Those emotions, yes, yes. God, heal even those emotions, Father, right now. In Jesus' name, mm. yes, hallelujah. I see pain in a heart. I don't mean physical pain. I mean an emotional pain. God, heal it. Set her free. It's a woman. Set her free in Jesus' name right now. Let it go. Let it go and let God, Father, put a blanket, a spiritual blanket over her right now. Let her know you love her, care for her. And God, I thank you that by faith she releases that pain. Hallelujah. And that she be renewed in Jesus' name. Oh, thank you for that Holy Ghost. Thank you for that, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anything else? Anything else, Lord? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. I believe you're healed. I believe you're set free. I believe you're delivered. Walk out of here in victory. Walk out of here shouting. When that lady with 18 years was bent over, the Bible said she jumped up and started dancing and praising the Lord. Woo! Immediately. So as you leave today, giving high fives, praise the Lord. Thank him for that healing. Hallelujah. I believe you've been delivered and you are healed by his stripes. 
Now, God, I thank you for blessing them today, blessing them this week. Lord, they'll have testimonies that they'll reach and teach and tell someone else. Well, hey, he healed me with this, and he can heal you too. God, bring those people by their path. Witness to them. Father, this day, God, I thank you for those testimonies. I thank you for blessings on their family and on their kids and on their summer vacations. Lord God, as they're going on vacations and, and Father, enjoying the family, God, I thank you for deals and steals everywhere they go, God. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you for favor everywhere they go, Lord Jesus, this summer as well, God. And I thank you for safety in every swimming pool and pond and river in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that nothing bad will happen. But God, everybody will have a great summer, beautiful summer with their kids and families. We give you praise for it all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. We love you guys. And we'll see you Sunday or Wednesday night. Amen. Thank you, Jesus.